Hi there, and welcome to Oaktown Boys. Uh, this is episode eight. And uh, how are we? How are we feeling, Corey? Well, I'll tell you what. We're one win away from tying our total of wins in June, and it's only July 11th. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in the the anatomy of a bad season is uh, one really bad month. It's and I takes, think June. I think June was for sure that month. It was one of the, it, it, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't even have the heart to look really, but it could have been one of the, one of the uglier months in Oakland A's history. I tried to <laughs> and look I'm it sure, up. I couldn't figure I'm sure it out. It was. I'm sure it was. I mean, it wasn't good. So, but they have looked better. And some of the young guys, some of the young guys have started to show some life, which I'm happy about. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be really good to see Jonah Bride get back in the lineup soon. I think he, I saw a note he's hitting rehab any day now. I thought he looked like a real piece. He could actually yeah, work. He, he looked, I mean, there were, what, three or four games probably where he looked a little, like, below, like a little underwater. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he was he was in the middle of maybe like a week-plus stretch of looking very solid. Um, so, yeah, I'm stoked for him to come back. Yeah, his um, numbers so far, I guess, don't really scream greatness but uh three ball or three walks three strikeouts and he's putting the ball in play a lot and it he's looks passing, the, passing eye the eye test yeah yes. um nick allen it seems like the pressure is kind of at least like the everyday pressure you know like the if you have to or bad days you're gonna get sent down pressure is often nick allen it does at least kind of seem like um they may be keeping him up permanently which is cool because I like Allen. And I think, you know, if they really do commit to him, then in maybe even now, maybe even no soon, or maybe I, I would say at least pretty soon, if he gets fully comfortable, we may start seeing some really cool, really, uh, really fun stuff from him because he's good. Nick Allen is good. I, I firmly believe that. I agree. He's, he's already playing great defense. He does not look overmatched at the plate. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, He's slowly taking the playing time from Elvis. Uh, I think every couple of days we'll see Elvis just isn't in the lineup, which is kind of unusual for this team the past year or two. But um, I think it's time to slowly weaning Elvis off the at-bats so we don't have to pay him $15 million next year. Yeah, I would rather not do that. I would rather not have that on our books. I'd rather free that money up if possible. And I feel like I... You know, that's it's obviously cost controlling maneuvers from the A's as per usual. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just not good baseball to be throwing Elvis Andrus out there at short anymore. So, especially when you have an option like Nick Allen, who yeah. the more playing time you give him, the more he seems to blossom a little bit. So, excited for him. Um, Some fun facts on Nick Allen. I have a friend who played Little League with him in San Diego. Shout out, Brett. And he said he was cool. He didn't really have much to say about him. I think this was when they were like 12. And then I think I heard somewhere that he's like Brett Boone's daughter's fiance or something. So he's loosely tied to Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager right now. 
Um, and Brett Boone was Brett Boone was a was a very good player for a period of years, actually. Yep. So totally. Hopefully, Nick Allen and I, if I remember correctly, Brett Boone wasn't also wasn't super tall. So maybe Nick <laughs> Allen can talk to Brett Boone about great how he made there. some hard how he made some hard contacts. Yeah. Um, how do you become a short, power hitting second baseman? Yeah, that's what because that we could use that. That would be sick. If that's if Nick Allen turned into like a thirty perennial thirty home run threat, that would be amazing. Um, I'm not betting my life on it, but it would be cool. Very cool. Um, machine machine has been has looked good, has looked very good actually. Honestly, he's been having some great at bats. And he's been playing decent third. He has. See, um, third has I would say third overall has not been as much of a disaster as I was expecting it to be when Chapman got traded away. Yeah, it's been interesting. We we have some athletes. They can't necessarily hit the baseball, but they can field the baseball for the most part. Yeah, and so, you know, I think I it is maybe one of the most unimpressive group group of hitters that's ever been put together at least at this point. But uh you know, Machine has I mean, I you know, I feel like we've we said it a couple times there's so much opportunity right now, you know, like we are so we're, we're so far back that, you know, if you play well, you may, uh, you may, you may land yourself a pretty good, you know, you may land yourself a semi-permanent job in the majors, which is a lucrative thing to do. So if Vimal machine wants to start hitting the way we thought he was going to hit, or at least maybe like 75% of the way we thought he was going to hit when we first got him, that would be awesome. And that would be good for him. And that would be like a fun storyline. Cause we are, kind of desperate for fun storylines right now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I'm a little looking, bit... I'm looking at the AAA stats so far this year. Machine's got a 324 batting average, 401 OBP. Doing machine-like things. Only got four home runs. But uh, Nate Mondau, Mondu, I'm not sure how you say it. He made a brief appearance with the A's last year. He's put up a very similar line, and I saw... I think Melissa Lockhart talking about how he may make an appearance again, but he's got a 395 OBP, over 300 average. Uh, very, very similar line to machine. Not very awesome. many home runs, not very many extra base hits in general, but he's got some doubles. I think oh, it's clear that a lot of these guys are, like, too good for AAA, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. it, I think it's just truly a matter of, like, using this rebuilding period to like get these guys who have absolutely crushed it triple a a good amount of at bats and see if they can like if see it can translate somehow you know um and i think that kind of ties back into the, like we can't be we can't be giving elvis andrews too many at bats anymore or at least we need to be like scaling back because uh you know i don't think we have that much more potential to eke out of elvis andrews you know, I think we know, I think we know what we have. I think we know what we have there, which is fine. He had a very good career, but I think now it may be time to see what we got going on with Machine and Nick Allen and some of these other guys full time. Um, so, uh, and Pache, Pache got sent down, which was sad because I think we were, I think we were both silently holding out hope that Pache was going to kind of break out just right out, right away, you know, and hit sure like, would have made uh, this year more fun. I didn't want him. I wasn't expecting him to like win an MVP, but I was thinking maybe he can hit like 250, 260, like you know, like 15 home like, runs. 
Yeah. And it, I mean, it, technically he could still do that. There's plenty of time. Um, but he got sent down cause he was looking a little bit lost slash unlucky at the plate, which is a pretty terrible combination. And the results were pretty terrible. Um, but he has kind of been crushing it. He's been crushing it down triple A, honestly. You said you had, you still have the triple A stats up over there? Yep. Yeah, Pache's through seven games. He's got five doubles, ten hits, struck out six times, walked four. That's a three forty five average and a four twelve on base. So basically he's crushing it. Yeah, I don't think there are and I don't think I mean we talked about this a little bit ago. Um like as before we started recording though. I don't think there are many seven game stretches during which he's walked four times this season. So that is a very good sign. No. Uh, I- in fact, how many walks does he have all year? I can tell you. No, no, I can't. Fangrass doesn't tell me that. Can't be many. Like I said, it's a good sign. I think it is indicative of like an improved plate approach, which he really, really, really needed. Because... <clears throat> he had obviously, I mean, the exit velocity stuff, I think the exit velocity is like, you know, 88.4 on average, which is uh pretty good. You know I mean? That's not like super, super elite, but I think he's hitting what, like 158. So I think his exit velocity is indicative of, you know, a little bit of a higher batting average than that. So if he's hitting the ball hard when he hits it, and if he's more selective about his pitches when he comes back up, if that carries through, then uh, yeah, I think we're probably going to be looking at a little bit of a better version of Christian Pache that we've seen, which isn't saying much because he has been playing pretty badly. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that he may be turning a little bit of a corner. And he's still very young, you know. There are numbers to support that. And he doesn't have a lot of experience at the major league level. This is this year is by far the most. But as you said, yes, exit velocities up to 90 this year. Not bad on average. Um, 43.5% hard hit rate much higher than it was in Atlanta. He's got an expected batting average of 243 versus a real batting average of 160. Expected I mean, slugging of 343 versus a real slugging of 224. I mean, he's just... Whenever he hits the ball hard, it goes right at somebody. It's unfortunate. Um, I think I am particularly excited about the, um, the hard hit rate. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, that's, first of all, indicative of a guy who may grow into, like, some power. You know, may end up hitting 20 homers if he if he gets his approach figured out fully. Um, and even if he doesn't end up with a ton of power, he's really fast. So if he even gets to the point where he's hitting line drives into the corners and into the alleys, then, you know, yeah, that'll, that'll, play. that'll play for sure. So um, still... I, despite how ugly it was for a little while there, still pretty high on Christian Pache, honestly. And I will say the, I am, the things that they said he was great at, he is great at. You know, like he is. He looks different in center field. Like other people just don't move the way he does out there. And sometimes I'm not even sure if it's a good thing or what. He almost looks like he's just, Playing a game, and I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's like, you know, it, it, the approach, the, like, almost seemingly, like, lackadaisical approach reminds me a little bit of Byron Buxton. 
because I feel like you, I'll watch Bucks and something. Did you see that catch he made where he like smacked him to the wall? It was super intense. No. Um, I mean, it just like he just like super casually makes these like crazy plays. And I feel like over, you know, if you give Pache like 150 games, then yeah, you'll see him do like some casually great things, you know, maybe a handful of times. Um, so I'm excited. I'm, I think I am very excited for the future. This season, season hasn't been super fun thus far, but I am, I'm starting to get very excited for a couple of these guys. Yeah. We do have some legitimate prospects that are a year or less away. I think. I think I'd like to think that we have lived through the darkest part of this period already, and it's going to slowly get brighter as time goes on. I guess we'll find out. I mean, I think that's a fair, I think that's fair though. You know, like a, because it has been super gnarly, you know, they've been, they played like really, really bad, especially since that, like whatever it was, what were we eight and six? Mm-hmm. Um, so ever since then, it's been, woof. it has been ugly times, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was looking at some, you know, I mean, obviously, you're excited about, you're excited about Geloff. Uh, Max Muncy's hit, Max Muncy's playing pretty well. Um, Gunnar Hogland, I was reading a kind of long article about, like, Gunnar Hogland, the Gunnar Hogland situation, and he seems to be, like, doing great coming back from Tommy John. I mean, obviously, it's a bummer that he had Tommy John. You don't want to, you never want anyone to have had surgery. But, um, he could be, that could be very exciting. You know, I think Gunnar Hogland might be very good. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, we are starting to focus on the Niners a little bit, I think, which is only fair in these types of seasons. I found myself wondering how much minor league TV costs for the first time in my life. Cause, um, on many days, I think I'd rather watch like the lug nuts play instead of the A's. Yeah. Or like the ports. The ports seem like they're kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we really got to – Dan and I are from Lodi, California. We've been to ports camps before. we got to make it back. Yeah. Um, Like a number of ports games, you know, like a very, very solid number of ports games. Um, And we get watched like – watch kind of a lot of people mm-hmm. play for the ports. Um, And it's funny who you just like don't realize at the time. No, you know, like you know – and it is funny because they're like, they're like 19, 20-year-olds – you know, and it's like, well, you know, this is, you know, I remember um, my dad and I went to a ports game and watched Matt Chapman hit his first home run for the for the ports. Um, and, you know, at the time it was like, well, I mean, you know, this guy's pretty good at single A, but we'll see. And then, you know, here we are talking about Gunnar Hogland, who was part of a fairly substantial trade package for former All-Star Matt Chapman. Maybe All-Star was he All-Star? He was an all-star, right? He was. Yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, on to some slightly more unfortunate news, but kind of also in the vein of talking about the, you know, minor leagues and rebuilding and whatnot. Um, Frankie Montas, Frankie Montas and his shoulder. His shoulder. Yeah. And they just gave an update. He's on my fantasy team. So I got to keep track of that. Looking good. Says he feels fine, but still sketch. Bad timing for a guy that we're planning to trade, I presume. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he's okay, obviously. I'm glad he's okay because he's he's still technically on our team right now. And also, um, just because I like Frankie. I like, you know, like the Frankie Montas arc was a lot of fun. 
you know, there was like, there was a long time where it was like, well, this dude throws super hard. It was so you frustrating know. for so long. <laughs> but he is like, how is he not he, better? That's what we were always were, saying. Right from the beginning, there were always, you know, like maybe 10 batter stretches where like everything was working and he was like completely untouchable. Um, and then he just walked everyone and under the sun and would give up a, you know, a three run homer and then walk a couple more people and give up a double inside of the game. And it seemed like that happened for like ever. And then all of a sudden one day it just didn't happen anymore. And it has not happened since seemingly. Um, so whoever ends up getting Frankie Montas, cause I don't think he's ending this season in an Oakland Jersey. Um, I think they're getting a legit like number two for sure. Kind of in any situation. Um, and I feel like he slept on a little bit cause he's on our team and you know, like we're even last year, we weren't like, we were good, but we weren't like really scaring anyone last year, you know? So I feel like he hasn't really been in a situation as like a, a front line starter where he has had an opportunity to really like put on a show. So I feel like I hope he lands somewhere awesome so that he gets to pitch on like a big stage and people get to see how awesome Frankie Montas is. He's quietly having a very solid year. He's snuck past Paul Blackburn. He probably deserved the all-star appearance more than Paul, but that's okay. He's up to a 1.9 fan graphs for. Paulie B's at 1.3. After that, it's Cole Irvin, 0.9. <laughs> After that, it's Dalton Jeffries at 0.5. That's our pitching staff this year. Uh, doesn't get better from there. <laughs> But uh yeah, it's just it's it's hard. These dudes that can't for some reason get any run support, they never never find their way to the all star game. So deserve it or not, he's having a very unlucky year. He is, but his yeah, his record is like somewhat ugly, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's bad. Um so I you know, I it's a bummer that it's a bummer that he wasn't an all star. And I will miss him when he's traded, when he's inevitably traded. Um, but I'm glad he figured things out. You know, I mean, that made the, what was it, Josh Rich Hill, Josh Reddick trade? That's right. It Man, was where's Frankie, Grant Holmes at? Grant Holmes, and who guy? else was it? Oh, Jarrell Cotton. Jarrell Cotton. Um, what happened to Grant yeah, Holmes? I mean, Did he get injured? No, I think he's still kicking around somewhere, just not really... Uh, Excelling. Just kind of stinking, huh? Because um, he kind of got shelled, right? He looked bad in every little appearance I saw him make in spring training and such. Yeah, he's he's pitched in 25 games, mostly out of relief this year. He's got a 6.43 ERA. For what? Is he a AAA? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if Grant Holmes it's is, ugly. has the sauce as they say, you know. I don't even see anything on here. Like, I don't see why he was such a highly touted prospect, really, by the numbers. Like, oh, well, ever at any point, you mean? Not in the not in the professional sense. Yeah. Um, so, it's interesting. We'll see what happens with Frankie. We're at the, we're essentially at the All-Star break. Next week is the All-Star break. We got another... Month and a half till the trade deadline. Or did they, is it still August 31st? Has it changed? No, I think it's still August 31st. As far as I know.
August 2nd. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. So that's coming in hot. Yep. That's, this could happen any day, really. And yeah, you know, I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting to me. The Yankees are open to moving Joey Gallo. I don't know how many years he's got left. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that idea either. If they want to like pay part of his deal to sh- and ship him over, you know. Um. Oh no, this is, he's a free agent after this year. Never mind. Yeah. 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 No. Then Take never mind. I was, hoping, I was thinking. Yeah, I was, I was in the same vein. Like if he has maybe like three, three years left or something. Like, we'll take them. Take them for dirt cheap. Um, but anyway. Um, I'm sure we'll get some some decent prospects back. We just traded Christian Bethencourt for two prospects. We hadn't talked about that yet. No, we have not. And what, I, they looked up I'm right. excited about the pitcher. Yeah. They looked just fine. The pitcher had some good numbers. Anyone, anyone that's a pitcher that the Rays draft, I'm pretty much on board with. You know, they seem yeah, to um, they seem to have a unique ability to identify pitching value. Here he is, Christian Fernandez. He's 22 from Venezuela. Yeah, he's got a 2.79 ERA in Single A. 1.155 WHIP. He struck out 87. He's walked 25, and that's in 58 innings. Wow. Dude, did you see that, um, what's it called? Wander Franco is having wrist surgery. Is that what's happening to him? Yeah, he has a handmade injury. Hmm. And they said, they said, what, like, I think six to eight weeks or something like that. But I think he might be done for the year. Yeah, he's probably not going to come back with a bunch of pop in that bat. Um, this year, anyways. And that's what the handmade, that's what Matt Olson hurt, right? Yes. Wasn't that the injury that he had? In Japan. Yeah. And I think it was like a similar situation, just like a swing and a miss or something, or like trying to hold up on a swing, which I, man, sounds like it hurts real bad. I had this bone sticking out of my hand a little bit abnormally, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if that's my hamate bone all messed up. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I think we just figured out what's going on with you, Corey. I gotta get it fixed. I don't know. I can't change a thing. I'm on a bowling hot streak. <laughs> That's true. That's everyone. True. Everyone needs to know. I bowled 17 strikes in a row last week. I I was one frame off from a perfect game. It spanned two separate games. Instead, but uh, I did it 17 in a row. It was a great feeling. It's incredible. People were calling me the greatest bowler they've ever seen. It was it's, awesome. <laughs> it's one of the best feelings of your life, maybe. No, no, I mean, not really, but in terms of, like, sports performance, I guess, yeah, it's up there. Bowling, for sure, number one. I mean, yeah, the number one bowling moment, definitely. Yeah, seemingly fairly easily. Unfortunately, it was, like, a unsanctioned chill league. Like, mostly just people getting drunk. No one, everyone was just very excited for me. But it, it would, if I had bowled a 300, it wouldn't have even been, like, an official 300 in the world of bowling. Oh, like you have to do it in like a league? Yeah, it would have been like a practice 300 essentially, which is plenty not, plenty good for me right now. Um, yeah, to, but that's, that was probably the coolest sports thing of the week though, honestly. For us, yeah, definitely. Um, 
But anyway, the and I we got to we got to talk about the vote. The vote went well, and then the yeah, follow-up vote. Yeah, that's actually some cool sports stuff. The follow-up vote also went well. So that's two things in a row that have needed to go a certain way that have gone a certain way. That's right. You love to see that. The A's got their approval on June 30th to continue <laughs> pursuing Howard Terminal. They got the a- approval to clear the was it port authority designation or something like that for yeah. Howard Terminal. Basically just clearing it, making way for a project to be built there, saying it doesn't need to be used for port activities. And I listened into a lot of that meeting. It was interesting, you know, there's there's a lot of people that strongly oppose this project and it's interesting when they come on the mic at these things because you don't know if what they're saying is true or if they're just kind of talking out their ass or what. But um, there's also plenty of support for the project and obviously that's what we want. So it was good that uh, in our minds, good overcame evil that day and the A's got to continue on. And then as you said, there was another vote, I think a week later, about whether or not we should put, whether or not it should be put to a vote for the people to decide if this project should happen or not. And basically the logic there is plenty of polls have gone out. General public likes it. This is all just like a delay tactic by the opposition. And luckily enough, that did not go through. So there will not be a vote, a vote to the public on this. Um, so yeah, everything's going as well as it can in a stadium land, which is really all we can. Yeah, the good old, the the good old vote about whether you should vote or not. Classic. Classic. Yeah, that one was confusing to communicate there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's slowly. It's this is one of the more like bureaucratic processes I've ever like willingly involved myself in. Um, so it is dense stuff, man. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like. I don't even know what to call it. Like <laughs> bullshit. I'm glad. Yes, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just glad. Like I have mad respect for all the people working on this project, especially those trying to push it forward cuz it can't be fun. It's got to be boring and every step of the way it just takes forever. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess onward and upward still technically. It's still a possibility. The A's are not yet out of Oakland and Let's hope it stays that way. Um, oh, and on that, what is that? On that same topic, we have something else to talk about. Joe Lacob. Yeah, totally. Um, there was a he was doing he was being interviewed about a number of topics, and he just touched on the fact that he is uh, he has a he has a standing offer to uh, to buy the A's basically. And John Fisher just doesn't want to sell to him. And uh, apparently back when Lou Wolf, the Lou Wolf group purchased the team, which I think John Fisher was always a part of or maybe joined later. I don't remember, but he was part of that group. Um, when Bud Selig and the league were deciding who to sell the team to, um, Joe Lacob's hat was in that ring. And according to Joe Lacob, the A's got sold to Bud to uh, Lou Wolf's group because Lou Wolf and Bud Selig were friends from college. 
and but the league and Bud Selig never even really considered seriously considered Joe Lacob's offer. And come to find out, Joe Lacob is like a very invested owner who seems to have a knack for putting good teams together. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't really matter, and it also doesn't really seem like it's ever going to happen, but it would be nice. <laughs> Given the way that the past 10, 15 years have gone, I wouldn't mind just trading out Fisher yeah. for uh, Lake. I've been seeing how it goes. Yeah, because, you know, like I said, work for the Warriors, so could work for us too. Yeah, but, yeah. uh yeah, it's, like, not a huge story, but definitely, like, a little bit of a reminder that things could be different. And, uh, you know, John Fisher, if you're listening, maybe just sell to Joe Lacob, man. Or, like, to us. We're like, we'll buy a team. I, yeah, well, yes. I've got, I gave $10 to this guy who needed gas today. I've got money. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We have disposable income. <laughs> I'm just giving it away. We can definitely easily buy the A's, no problem. Um, but someone, man, someone needs to, because it doesn't seem, I mean, I know that owning a baseball team is, is like profitable, especially if you do it the way they're doing it, but, uh, come on, just throw us a bone here. Um, well, let, let's focus on the glory days for now. And, uh, yeah, so our look back, back. Happy topics, uh, look back of the, our look back of the podcast, uh, is Jermaine Die. And man, I love Jermaine Die. The man himself. I, um, he was, he was one of the dudes, you know, he was like one of the dudes that was rocking when I was first really paying attention to the A's. Um, and I mean, he had, he was on the A's from 2001 through 2004. So four seasons, not a super, he missed, and he missed a good amount of time. Um, presumably with injury, I would imagine. But uh, 2002 and 2004 were both, like, pretty solid seasons. Um, OPS is 792 in 2002. OPS is 793 in 2004. Um, he's a solid outfielder. Um, he won, I think he won, I think he won one gold glove. He won one gold glove. Um, he's a two-time All-Star. He won a silver slugger. 2006 was a huge year. Um, yeah, man. Monster his, season. Yeah, his OPS... Um, OPS was 1006. So you get above a thousand and, uh, you know, and that's in 146 games, 540 at bats. So we're talking, he was like crushing the ball all season. But yeah, I mean, 44 homers. Um, 151 OPS plus. I'm seeing he finished fifth in MVP voting that year yeah, behind so. Morneau, Jeter, Ortiz, and Frank Thomas of the A's. Um, and I mean, that's on, I mean, and that's on the back of a 2005 season that was, that was also like not bad, you know, like also pretty good, um, in which they won the world series. So, um, he was, he was very good for the White Sox. He was, he was like, he's pretty good for us and I have fond memories of him, but he really, really peaked on the White Sox. He was also pretty good for the Royals. He was, he, he made an all-star team. For the Royals in 2000, before he was on the A's, and then another also team in 2006 for the White Sox. Dude, he uh, had 17 outfield assists in 1999. Yeah, which is kind of bananas. That's you know, bananas. He was an excellent outfielder. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, his he hit 321 in 2000. Damn, it's pretty good here. He's a playoff stud. He won the World Series MVP with the White Sox when they won it all. 
2005. Wow. wow. So that's a pretty that's a pretty solid resume. I don't think it's a Hall of Fame resume, you know, but that is a very solid baseball career right there. Absolutely. 20.3 career war, 325 home runs. I'm kind of surprised his war is not higher, especially with his decent defense. Maybe his defense trailed off. Yeah, I wonder if he was like really, really good and then was kind of not great and or maybe negative. Yeah, that seems to be what it was. He really peaked hard in 99, 2000. But everything else on defense was kind of not great. Ah, yep. Um. But anyway, I uh, that's a fun, I love Jermaine Dye. I, oh. I, you know, that's that's like the first. He's 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 up there with the you know he Ramon Hernandez, uh, Eric Burns, Nick Swisher. He's definitely in with all those dudes. I'm pretty sure you won't get this, but can you name one of the three players the A's traded for him without looking? I don't I don't Did recognize the him? names. Did they trade him to the White Sox? To the Rockies. To the Rockies. He got, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's much more exciting than that. On the same day, he was traded from the Royals to the Rockies for Nephi Perez, and then from the Rockies to the A's for three guys. From the Rockies, and they weren't names that you recognized? No. Um, no, I don't know then. Todd Belitz, Mario Encarnacion, and Jose Ortiz. All not, I think not I may have good. heard... Jose Ortiz rings a little bit of a bell, but I would have never guessed that. So they all had um, minus wars on their career. So great trade. Well, it was a good trade for us. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that he. So did he? Yeah. So he never played a game for the um, Rockies, right? I don't believe so. No. Nope. Wow, that's crazy. What a weird day that. Um. Been. Anyway. So, Jermaine Dye. Jermaine Dye, everybody. Um, all right, so the, good, the, the report on the A's is that they're not very good. Um, but kind of bad. Baseball maybe, in general. Maybe find, maybe find a, some way else to spend three hours per day. Yeah. Unless you really like what are you, it. What are you enjoying? Um, I'm still tuning into baseball in general, still watching the A's. But um, I've been noticing the Orioles are scorching hot. And their fans are loving it, and they're possibly starting to build something. They've got a lot of prospects coming up. We saw firsthand their pitching is not terrible anymore. And, yeah, they got Rutschman, and just seemingly their entire lineup is actually, like, hitting the ball all over the field and not just trying to hit home runs. It's Well, Andrew, this is without yeah. even, what's his name, uh, Grayson Rodriguez. And they were supposed to have him. So it's, it could be going even better for them. He's a position guy, right? No, he's a pitcher. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're right on the. They're right on the. Um, the AL East is the 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 battle for second in the AL East is very tight. Um, I don't the think they're gonna get. Oh boy! Second in the AL East, that would be crazy. Are, well, I guess maybe they're they only could. four and a half back of Boston. Okay, maybe. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the, AL, the, the the middle part of the AL is all pretty – I mean, obviously, the Yankees are far and away the best, obviously. Um, the Astros are pretty good, but did you see the Alvarez is, uh, mm-hmm. Alvarez is hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's bad news for Houston. Um, oh, yeah. I feel yeah, bad for Hazers, but not bad for – 
Oh, and then the Mariners are hot. That's not nearly as fun as the Orioles being hot. No, but it's it's. Even look at them. Look at the look at the Mariners go. Look at that. I mean, all jokes aside, Julio Rodriguez is legit. Yeah, he's a total stud. Um, so they may have stumbled upon something there, and you know they're um. Actually, I guess they they probably got a couple of things that are going pretty well, right? Like George Kirby. George Kirby has carved us up twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rodriguez is legit. Um, I don't know. They're Santa definitely better. Just hit two home runs for them in one game. Um, they're definitely. I think they're definitely better than the Rangers, and the Rangers spent like ten times the amount of money. So. Although even the Rangers have been playing okay, which is. I just was really having a lot of fun when everybody was sucking and it wasn't just us. At least the Angels are still terrible. Which is, they've got, they've got to be losing their minds. It's got to be tough to be an Angels fan. Yeah, I don't feel bad. Um, and Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray's been pitching really well. I have him on my fantasy team, so I'm particularly clued into that. Logan um, And actually, we'll be talking about him a little bit later on, too. Yep. Robbie Ray was my fantasy guy. Oh, yeah. I think Logan Gilbert is crushing it for him. So oh, and they got Ty France, like the greatest batter in the American League. Yeah, he also, didn't make the All Star team. I think he was hurt for a little while, but he's back and he yeah he's crushing it. Um, I the home run derby X. I did not catch it. You did? Did you watch the whole thing? No, I tuned in briefly for uh, Johnny Gomes and Nick Swisher taking their hacks. Um. I think it has a lot of promise. I see it as a definitely a good tool for some the way they used it. Plopping it in London, there were a lot of people there. I mean, if I was a kid in London and I had never watched a baseball game, I'd be like, "Holy cow, is this is this baseball? Like, I want to watch more of it." So I think it's a good idea. It, it is weird though. Um, it was like base major league baseball teams would choose some sort of actual former pro as a representative and then they'd add like a a female softball star and then a like a minor leaguer from their team and then like a random i don't know influencer or something like that and so they had teams of four participating in this home run derby and it was cool they had like some targets in the outfield that if you hit them you'd get extra points you could uh call out for um, a hot what was it called? I don't know. Something like I'm gonna do my hot streak, and then the next six pitches you swing at are all orange balls, and if you hit those out, it's extra points. So they really did a good job gamifying it. Um, and as an A's fan, it was just cool to see Johnny Gomes and Nick Swisher hitting bombs. Uh, they were totally the only two pros. The only two I saw. I think Adrian Gonzalez was playing in this as well for the Dodgers. Okay. Um, but yeah, Johnny Gomes and Nick Swisher looked like they've been taking hacks this entire time. They were, they were mashing. It was fun. Really? I was a little bit nervous expecting them to make a fool out of themselves maybe, but they did not. Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, continue with that or what other products MLB has in store. But it'd be, I mean, I would have loved to have gone to that. That would have been fun. They're just hitting balls into the crowd in the outfield. Yeah, I would have gone to that if it was here for sure. If it was anywhere close. If that was in like LA, we would have been there, no problem. Yeah. Um righty, fantasy fantasy competition again? Uh, yep. <laughs> so this was a long one. This was a long one. Let's see, how did we do? So comparing pitchers, I had Verlander go with fifteen hits, uh five earned runs, twelve Ks, 
you had Ray with 12 hits, three earned runs, and 36K. Wow, I chose a bad Verlander stretch. So that's three for Dan, zero for Corey. Uh, yeah, Robbie Ray, man. I also have him on my fantasy team, and it has also been awesome. And then hitting wise, I had Witt Jr. going, who was decently hot, but also not as hot as your guy. I had 16 hits, four home runs, two doubles, seven walks, and then I think he got injured for like a week of that. And you had Hoskins, 21 hits, six home runs, five doubles, 13 walks. That's a clean sweep. Maybe the first we've had. Yeah, I they and both of these guys. I went for two dudes that are that were on my fantasy team, and they came through for me in this sense, and they also came through for me in fantasy. So gotta love it. Shout out, boys! Good job. Um, who you got? Who you got for our next matchup? Uh, my fantasy stalwart, uh, Kyle Schwarber. He's been crushing it, of course. He's I think he's the NL home run leader. And then Sandy Alcantara, who's like the greatest pitcher in the sport right now. Um, cool, 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 cool. Um, I am going to go with Yandy Diaz, who is a hot, pretty hot tomorrow right choose now. Choose Alcantara. I see that. Now. No, no. I um, I swear, I I switch my I switch mine. Um, I am going to go with John Gray. Oh, John Gray. I was thinking that was Sunny. No, I'm going to go with John Gray. John Gray's pitching He's, well, huh? He has been pitching pretty well. Yeah. That's so hopefully fun. he can I, keep that going. I remember when he was like the ace on the Rockies, and he it felt like he was going to have a very long, great career, and it's kind of been meh. Yeah, but he is pitching pretty well for the Rangers. He's at least striking a lot of people out and usually doing more. So. It's not easy to pitch well for the Rangers. So. No, it is not. It's not easy to do anything well for the Rangers right now. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I'll take a, I'll take a, I'll take a clean sweep. Honestly, where, where does that, where does that put us at? Like overall? I think we have lost track. We'd have to do some serious research. Okay. Yeah. That's we'd have okay. to, we'll, we'll, we'll have to go back and we have, we have it tracked through, I think week three, maybe potentially. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Anyway, it is 535 Monday, the 11th. The A's are. Currently playing the Rangers, we got Adrian Martinez on the bump, who I'm I'm pretty excited every time he's on there. I I feel like he could be a pretty good big league pitcher. Um, currently zero zero bottom second, Jonah Heim, ace killer, just got a single. So let's he, all let's all go watch it. Be. Let's all hope for another A's series victory. We've actually had a couple of those lately. Jonah Heim took it personally when we traded him, apparently. He has absolutely murked us since. So, and, and not only us actually. He's hitting 269 on the year, and I think he's got what like 12 or 13 homers. So yeah, he's actually he's, killing everyone. He's just a pretty good catcher, it turns out. Yeah, we got a pretty good one of our own though. We do, and he, so. Sean Murphy is also hot. He apparently. is. He is, and he's got that. But donk a donk too. Yeah, no one can. No one will take that away from him. <laughs> um. Alrighty. Well. That's all we got for now. We will it's check a, back in. We will check back in with you soon. It's a good week for us to beat up on Texas, so let's go do it. <laughs>